You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the first Sunday after the Epiphany, January 12, 2020, by the Rev. Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. If Jesus was without sin, he would have no need for repentance. This may explain why his cousin John the Baptist was surprised to meet Jesus at the river's edge. This was the river where many sinful men and women, some notoriously so, had been gathering for weeks to be cleansed and healed. Despite John's success as a prophet and his considerable following, he knew in his heart of hearts that he was unworthy to baptize Jesus. Dear Lord, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus' response only adds more mystery to what is about to happen in the murky waters of the River Jordan. Murky is the right word to describe the color of this magnificent river, and some of you have visited this river and know what I mean. Jesus replies that his baptism should be done because it is proper for us to do this to fill all righteousness. I know about you, but I can't think of another word, religious word, that evokes more consternation and fear than the word righteousness. The history of our Christian faith is full of deeply troubling examples of when self-righteous people have gained power in our church and attempted zealously to cleanse it from all who are deemed unrighteous and not worthy to belong. So it's important for us to see that John the Baptist rejects this kind of self-righteousness and instead embraces the path of servant leadership and humility. There are many prophetic voices found in the scriptures, but the one we are asked to consider today, in addition to that of John the Baptist, is the prophet Isaiah. This mighty prophet is challenging the whole people of Israel to live into the collective call, not just individual call, but collective call, to become a beloved servant of the Lord, bringing forth justice to the nations, but to do so without violence. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. Early Christians came to understand this prophecy as to apply to the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus, whose righteousness manifests a full and complete and perfect relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. All of us know that at Pentecost we celebrate the arrival of the Holy Spirit and therefore the Trinity that follows. But today we have another beautiful example of how the Holy Trinity works together. In this beautiful moment, Jesus has a grand epiphany He is not and will not and will never be alone in his mission of bringing love into this world. Last Sunday, Father Lex spoke to the issue of how we hoped for change, and yet we resisted at the same time. And someone after the first service said, you know, it's not about change itself. It's just that I need to change other people. I'm not afraid of that. (laughs) Thank you for an honest comment. Because of Jesus being fully human and fully divine, he demonstrates the gospel story in the story, the power that is released when anointed with God's blessing. 
In the very next chapter in Matthew, we know that Jesus will eventually face all sorts of temptation by saying to redefine his identity as other than God's. And so today, this is a preparation for the great send-off. In this moment, in this powerful moment, Jesus receives the true and everlasting identity that nobody can take away from him, the beloved with whom God is well-pleased. Isn't that what we yearn for in our own lives? I have had so many times in my own life wondering if I have pleased somebody. Maybe that's not your issue, but I keep going after it. (laughs) In this season of Epiphany, we are invited to be on our own mission. We know that if we respond to God's call to serve, that there will be people uh, challenging who we are and our identity. But if we can get back into that often muddy water, We ourselves find a type of healing and we find a type of outreach to others who are experiencing their own version of the River River Jordan. Now, in our climate, we're never far from rain, right? Potholes, right? Muddied pools, leaky roofs, threatened foundations to a house. I've been through that one. Expensive. Maybe we've gotten a little used to getting wet. We're still irritated. But have we gotten used to being muddy? My first encounter with running away from muddy water was on a soccer field a good old Woodridge Elementary School here in Bellevue. Yes, it was the dark ages before we had graded fields. The field at the time was so badly constructed that after a rainfall, which was often the field was known to form a large lake at the midpoint line. Sometimes the lake expanded to be one-third of the field. I kid you not. We looked for ducks sometimes. So not wanting to get wet or muddied or cold, we would sometimes stand around the edge of the pool rather than dive in it and retrieve the ball that was often floating in the middle of the lake. So one day, Coach Bill Bunsemeyer got wise. Before the game, that's key, before the game, he started running our entire team up and down the field until we were all entirely caked with mud. And it worked. At game time, the sound of the whistle, we all ran straight into whatever puddle, pool, or lake was available on that field, and we were the first, often, to make the play. I can still hear his thundering voice. He was a Syracuse football tackle coach. Nobody knew how to play soccer, by the way, but he was the closest we could get, a coach. (laughs) Follow through, follow through, follow through. It stayed with me. Sometimes God asks us to jump into the murky, sometimes muddy water in our lives. Workplaces that allow unfair employment practices, a best friend who begins to drink too much, family member who is mistreating a spouse, a culture that prefers the accumulation of expensive toys over giving shelter to the homeless. Wherever you happen to be in your journey, jump in with us at St. Thomas. Follow through with the promises you have made or desire to make or are considering to make to God, the body of Christ, and to those you love. It is often when we enter the hurting lives of others that the sky does open, and we can then best see how beautifully the Spirit of God descends upon us. 
In the words of the last verse of the hymn we sung at the gospel today, teach me to love you as your angels love, one holy passion filling all my frame, the baptism of the heaven-descended dove, my heart and altar and your love the flame. These beautiful words are more powerful when you realize that it was written by George Crowley, and he was an Anglican priest who was in the midst of the muddy water. In fact, he was in the hardened, darkened, sooty slums. That's a mouthful. I'll try that one again. Hardened, darkened, sooty slums. He brought hope to a group of people who literally the lights had gone out in the neighborhood and all the blessings had gone away. On that special day back in the Jordan River with Jesus, the Holy Spirit landed on Jesus and he lit up with love. This too is our responsibility as we consider whose lives we need to be involved with. Who do we need to jump into the water with? Clean or unclean water? Righteous or unrighteous? And how do we make it more public? Sometimes we Episcopalians are too discreet. Jesus had this baptism done so everyone could see. I don't know what that means, but can we make this more public? In a groundbreaking book written by pastoral counselors Gary Smalley and John Trent, they outline some practical ways that all of us, not just priests, can offer blessings to those we encounter. First, there is the blessing of touch that conveys concern and affection and encouragement. It is likely that John the Baptist touched Jesus with not only his hands, but his arms as he lowered Jesus into the water and helped Jesus come back up. Touch is an integral part of our lives. It's part of all of our sacraments that we celebrate in the church. I'll never forget a time when a physician just gently put his hand on my shoulder after delivering some difficult news about a treatment procedure that would soon follow. Just a very light touch. Secondly, we can offer the blessing of well-chosen and maybe even more important, well-timed words. They express admiration and gratitude, appreciation to someone we love, or even someone we don't know. When the heavens opened up and God said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well-pleased, These words brought great validation and strength to Jesus and his followers. Thirdly, we offer the blessing of conveying high value and importance to others. How do we do this? By offering quality and quantity time, going out of our comfort zone to support them in practical and all other ways. We bless others when we show them that they matter, that they are a priority. And fourthly, we can convey a blessing upon another by envisioning and expressing a future, God's holy future for them. It's not so much that we have God's eye on things in a complete sense, but we can see their gifts. We can see their desires. We can affirm and celebrate the journey that they're on. Jesus' future, though it included pain and sorrow, was ultimately one that brought about healing and salvation and joy into the entire world. Now, lastly, we can bless someone by making a commitment. I know that word commitment sometimes is hard for us. Often it gets back to expectations, oh, no. But commitment to not only see the gifts in somebody else, to recognize it needs to be nurtured in the other person, but actually make the commitment. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's spiritual. Whatever it takes to help this person reach the destiny that God has for them. 
So when we go back to baptism, we go back to the water, dirty or clean, murky, sparkling. We make promises to God and to each other to go this extra mile, to become a blessing for the righteous and the unrighteous. In short, to follow through so we can receive this blessing and be a blessing until all of us are baptized into God's love. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.